following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Welcome to the Morgan Man Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Stacy Cole Morgan. Here on the Morgan Man Sports Podcast, we talk Atlanta Falcons news, pregame predictions, and all other news surrounding the Atlanta Falcons. Touchdown, Atlanta! Also on the podcast, we talk Call of Duty League esports covering roster mania, major predictions, COD champs, player trades, and much more to get you ready for every single CDL weekend. Scuff goes through, and Scuff stands! It's a one-on-one in Optic with the reverse sweep! If that sounds good with you, put on your Falcons jersey, grab your gaming headset, and let's get the show started. I'm your host, Stacey Cole Morgan, and you are listening to the Morgan Man Sports Podcast here on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pod HQ, or wherever you find your preferred podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking about an Atlanta Falcons game that is happening today, actually 7 p.m. tonight, the time you were hearing this podcast episode, ladies and gentlemen. And also, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the Boston Breach 2023 season recap. What went right, what went wrong, and so much more. So without any further delay, let's go ahead and get straight into today's action. Alright guys, so we are going to go ahead and get the Call of Duty League news out of the way first. And that is being the Modern Warfare 3 season is looking very promising right now. And it's looking promising in the form of the weapons. That is being currently used right now in Modern Warfare 2 being transferred over to MW3. You heard me right when I say that. MW2 weapons will be pretty much transferred over to MW3 for the season. So, and I asked this question on the rotation, you know, via Twitter. Is the pro players going to use MW2 weapons in MW3 or is it going to be a mix? I did get a good little bit of response from fans on the rotation saying that, you know, could be a mix of MW3 guns and also some MW2 guns. It just depends on solely what the player and the coaches are going to do. And how does the game feel naturally to these players? So that's what's going to be an exciting theme right there is MW2 weapons and MW3 just basically carry it over with weapon stats, everything else like that. So it would definitely be an interesting season right there to use like the tech you know 56 or whatever it was called or the i forget the name of it It starts with a v i'll call it like the the smaller like ak-47 pretty much for but it's an smg i forget the name of it so that is definitely interesting news and let's go ahead and just get into the boston breach subject right here so the boston breach did not have a really good season you know The season consisted of Methods, Nero, Vivid, and Awakening to start off the 2023 roster. And then, of course, you know, Methods, he retired from professional Call of Duty altogether and then signed with, you know, Optic Gaming as being like a content creator. And now you got, you know, Awakening, Vivid, Nero, and Beans. And, of course, the other players, Zed and Snoopy and Kemp. On this roster that is now like the updated roster for the Boston Breach. 
But whenever you keep going looking at the season as a whole, the Boston Breach only came out victorious in the map win-loss section, going 85 and 82 with a 50.9% win-loss record. And the series was 19 and 22, 46.3% win-loss record. The series history champs was only one victory, and that was against the Minnesota Rocker, and that was in 3-1. Lost to Atlanta, 1-3, and Optic Texas, 1-3. Major 5, it was just losses. Stage 5, I mean, you only got victories over New York, which was very surprising in that series. Florida, no surprise there. Minnesota, in 3-1, but losses against Seattle and Atlanta. Major four, nothing but losses against Toronto and Texas. Stage four, your only victory was against London and Toronto right in that series right there. Major three, nothing but losses except for one, and that was against the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Legion in a 3-0. Major two, your wins were against LEG in Seattle, 3-0, 3-1. Did take the Atlanta phase to the distance in a 3-2, but still ultimately lost to Atlanta. And then, of course, lost to Optic Texas in an 0-3 fashion. And then for stage one, you did get a victory over Atlanta in a 3-1 fashion. That was actually the very first game of the season when Atlanta really doesn't come to life as much. Then your next victory was against Seattle. So you started off the season very hot with two of the biggest teams getting victories over them. But then things fell very quickly against New York and LAG. And then that major one right there, ladies and gentlemen, that was that was it. You know, it was Group D, winners round one, match one. It was against Elevate, actually, Elevation, if I'm pronouncing that right, in a 2-3. Then you got knocked down to Group D, Losers Round 1, against the Las Vegas Legion, and losing to them 3-2. So, guys, the Boston Breach definitely did not have a very great season right here. And now with, you know, your additions of, like, Beans and, you know, Snoopy, all them, you know, going to in pairs with Awakening and Vivid, you know, this is this could be a team to also place in maybe the top six, maybe top seven but I just still don't see it you know, Beans, everybody hypes up around Beans, but he's just not that good of a player, I don't think seen his POV and everything and it's just not there for me Zed, you could probably put him in the rotational piece mid-season to hopefully increase your chances but nothing really concrete about the Boston Breach as of right now. And, of course, their biggest downfall for the Boston Breach, I think, personally, was during the Major 2 when they hosted the the Major 2 tournament in Boston and not doing that well. I mean, yeah, because your only victories, gosh, in Major 2 was against Seattle and LAG. And then whenever you lost against the Optic Texas, you know, Methods comes out and say, hey, guys, look, it's been a fun ride. I'm retiring. Peace out. You know, that was the biggest downfall for the season right there. 
But then things really started looking up. If you're if you're a Boston fan, gosh, I really hate to say it, but stage three was your biggest biggest point of the season was stage three, not major three, because you went two and two on that. You split, but you won the qualifiers by a good four to one. You know, your only loss was against Florida one three. But you had Toronto victory, London, LEG, and LA Thieves, which that definitely was surprising right there. An LA Thieves victory, 3-2. So, Major 2 definitely was a big downfall, and then Sage was the highest point of the season, if you are a Boston Breach fan. So, definitely, hopefully this year is a good year for Boston, but I just, I don't see it. I cannot see Boston really making any noise this season. The The noise is going to come from, you know, the Toronto Ultras, the Optic Texas, the Atlanta Fays. Those are the only really big three teams I can see making noise this season is, again, Toronto, Atlanta, and Optic Texas. These All these other teams... I would put New York Subliners in there, but you you got rid of your Cod Champs roster pretty much. I mean, yeah, there's still a few players like Hydra and, you know, uh, Kismo, I believe it is, or Kismet. But then, you know, you add uh, Sib to the roster that's coming from the Seattle Surge. But still, though, you had Priesta who won you called champs for the Modern Warfare 2 season, and you get rid of them. I mean, that's just pointless. And So, I mean, if it would... Putting New York Subliners in that category for a top whatever, I'm still going to put them at top five, but it's going to be right at number five. Pretty much. So... But we will definitely be getting to the New York Subliners and all these other teams very, very soon. So, but of course, next week will be the Florida Mutineers on the episode of Morgan Man Sports Podcast. But let's focus our attention now to the Atlanta Falcons. So for news for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, training camp is going very well. The joint practices, I should say. For the Atlanta Falcons, but not so much for the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins is definitely having a hard time offensively going against this Falcons defense. You heard that right. Going against this Falcons defense. And the Miami Dolphins was one of the best offenses last year, bringing in definitely all the same pieces near about it this year and struggling against the Atlanta Falcons defense. That is great to hear if you are an Atlanta Falcons fan. Seriously, it, it is. You know, Tua was having some interceptions left and right, getting sacked, pressured, everything. And what I remember one of the, the journalists or sports media networks coming out. I I forget which one, but if I knew, I still wouldn't, you know, put their name out there. But saying that the Falcons are, are how am I phrasing this? Or how did they phrase it? That the Miami Dolphins is struggling against a very weak, weak now, in quotes, Falcons D-line. 
No, my friend, we're not. The Falcons' D line is not weak this year. You could have said this last year. You really could have said this last year. But this year, we got Clays Campbell, Grady Jarrett. Basically, this whole defensive line, the whole defensive unit as a whole, has been revamped. We have spent money in free agency, my friend, to turn this entire defense around. We got us a new defense coordinator in Ryan Nielsen, who's coming from the the devil himself, the New Orleans Saints, and he is very tough on these players. And then whenever you look at his defense, Ryan Nielsen's defense, it is tighter man coverage. And I love that because that means when you have tighter man coverage in your you know, cover scheme, whether it's cover three, cover two, uh, Tampa, you know, whatever. If you're close contact with that other personnel, you're increasing your chances of you know, sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles, anything to prevent the offense from scoring. It just comes down to it. And Ryan Nelson is very strict on that from what I'm seeing. And Miami Dolphins is very much just, just sucking right now against this Falcons defense. But, of course, the media news outlet is definitely going to bash the Atlanta Falcons just because it is the Atlanta Falcons. And the Atlanta sports market just does not get respected by mainstream media. So defense is definitely going good. Offense has definitely been clicking on all cylinders here lately. And we got a shout out to Desmond Ritter, guys. Arthur Smith came out on the interview, actually today of this podcast, recorded on August 9th, saying that he's going to have to go back and watch the tape. But notice that Desmond Ritter is making the the smartest decisions on the football field right now. I know it's practice, but it's joint practice. You're actually getting in-game simulations, pretty much. 7-on-7s, 11-on-11s, whatever. And Desmond Ritter is making smarter choices, and I like that. He recognizes a Kyle Pitts wide open on the left flank, even though the route is designated for B. John Robertson, you know, 50 yards down on a deep throw. Desmond Ritter knows, notices those things now. And the more play time that he's getting, and hopefully during tonight's game against the Dolphins, he will make those smart decisions then. And we score up a lot of points, and the defense prevents points from being scored on the Miami Dolphins. So, guys, that was a pretty much enough of the news right now. Let's get into the biggest part of this podcast episode, and that is talking about this game. Preseason game number one for the Atlanta Falcons going up against the Miami Dolphins this Friday, August 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Hard Rock Stadium. If you are in Atlanta, of course, you will be listening to or watching this, I should say, on Fox 5 Atlanta. Or if you're out of market, of course, NFL Plus or Radio.com, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Atlanta is favored at a minus two and a half. Total point spread is 36. And guys, this seems about right right now. 
for the Atlanta Falcons to win at a minus two and a half. Um, again, minus two and a half is spread. The money line is a minus 139. Current is a 138. And the public bet sitting at 40%. But a lot of people are taking Miami for the upset at a plus 117 at a 60% public bet. Total point spread is 36. And the public is going under right now at 88%. So the public bet is going under 36 points pretty much. And I, and I can see that. I just don't think the Falcons going up against the Dolphins is going to be like a total shutout for either team. I think it's going to be a back and forth situation and rotational pieces for the, the very first preseason game for both of these respective teams. I think at most, maybe it's going to be like 24 points altogether, maybe with the Falcons having that upper edge of, you know, over at least maybe 14 points and the Dolphins scoring 10 at the least. So injuries right now, um, borders, cornerback, suspension, suspended until week 13 at Detroit. Greenwich, offensive tackle, undisclosed, injured reserve. Matt Hennessy, uh, knee questionable week one against Carolina Panthers. Jeff Okuda, cornerback, ankle, questionable for week one against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Phillips III, defensive back, leg, questionable for week one. Kyle Pitts, uh, MCL, questionable for week one against Carolina. I would not rush Kyle Pitts back just yet. Maybe a week three of the preseason. But we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Jay Smith, tight end, undisclosed, question for week one. And Williams, running back, knee, ACL, injured reserve. Uh, so that was the Falcons injuries list right here. And so there's really no stats to go off of right now because there's just hasn't been a game played yet. So we'll definitely be updating this next week when we take on the Cincinnati Bengals at the Benz, ladies and gentlemen. So, guys, football is back. It really is back. I'm super excited for the season to start up right now, the regular season, I should say. But, hey, I will take preseason action any given day right now just to have NFL on my monitor. Because I sure hope you did enjoy it. If you did, make sure to like button wherever you are listening from iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure to five star the entire podcast show here, ladies and gentlemen. It does help me out. And check out Belly Up Sports Media Network with all the fantastic writers and other podcasters on the platform. But until then, I am Morgan. We'll catch you all later. Peace. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.